Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and literature lovers. Welcome back to another episode of Books with Birds, the podcast where I describe to my literate birds the joys of reading. I'm your host, Emma Staples, but you may know me as that girl who read 50 books last year instead of touching grass. The only vitamin D I got last year was vitamin Dickens, Charles Dickens. Yeah, that was a bad joke, sorry. Our celebrity guest today is Tansy the Citron Cockatoo. Woo! Tansy would like you to know that her favorite snack is a peanut, and the biggest phrase she can say is, what you doing? Right, Tans? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, the year of 2020 is off to a good start. Not really life-wise, but book-wise. This month's season is all about... Oh, now, hold on. I just got a message from our sponsor. Let's take a minute to thank the sponsor of today's episode. This is a message from Big Brother. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. And remember, I am always watching you. Thank you for sponsoring us, Big Brother. You can go ahead and check him out at his website, www.ilovetolitarianism.com, to find out more falsified information and incredibly entertaining propaganda. As I was saying, this month's season is, you guessed it, all about 1984. As I make my way through the different parts of the novel, I have a certain episode dedicated to the theme of that section and the amazing literary devices used by George Orwell himself. This episode focuses on part one of the novel, where Orwell beautifully describes his dystopian world to us and poses a deep philosophical question. In a world where the government has complete control of all human life and where totalitarianism reigns supreme, is it better for society to remain ignorant or intelligent? What do you think, Tinzi? Of course, the obvious answer is to say intelligence, Tanz. With intelligence, you can realize the wrongdoings of the government, overthrow the dictatorship, and regain control of your life, right? Well, Orwell shows us that it's not that simple. Life is far more complicated, and so is governmental power. In part one of the novel, Orwell is constantly alluding to the idea that ignorance truly is strength. It seems to be the only way to survive in the society he's described, and not just physically survive, but mentally too. As we see the world through Winston's eyes, we realize that he's quite intelligent, but also incredibly depressed. All, all he can see is the failings of the government and how impossible it would be to overthrow it. He's hopeless and depressed, while the others around him are too unintelligent to understand what's truly going on, so they are much happier. Orwell uses the narration, juxtaposition of characters, and the new speak language to so, show that in totalitarianism government, Ignorance truly is strength, and that the blissfulness of ignorance may be the only way to survive. In the beginning of the novel, the first few pages start off with Winston describing the scenery around him. The readers are met with old, degrading, 19th century London houses, the disgusting smell of cabbage, and the near emptiness of his apartment. He describes how the elevator in his apartment complex has never worked, and how his fridge has the smallest rations in it, and how his varicose ulcer is a nagging pain. Already, Orwell is using the narration of Winston to set the mood and describe Winston's general characteristics. By having Winston describe the wretchedness of his apartment and daily life, it's showing that Winston has an above-average intelligence, because he understands that the conditions of his life are not normal or good, and that the government is at fault for these conditions. For example, take this quote from page 59 to 60 that says, 
always in your stomach and in your skin there was a sort of protest, a feeling that you have been cheated of something that you had, you had a right to. It was true that he had no memories of anything greatly different. And any time that he could remember, there had never been quite enough to eat. He then continues describing poor life conditions until Winston says, why should one feel it to be intolerable unless one had, had some kind of ancestral memory that things had once been different? End quote here. So Winston is intelligent enough to realize that the way he's living has to be bad because he feels it instinctually. And that in order for him to feel that way, it must have been better in the past. This is just one of the ways that Winston's intelligence makes his life harder. If he was ignorant, he would have never realized how bad his life truly was, and he'd be content this, the way life is because he'd never remember anything better. But because of his intelligence, he's seen all that is wrong in the world. That's a hard pill to swallow when he's helpless to change any of it. You don't see anything wrong in the world, do you, Tans? Wow. You don't like it when I run out of peanuts? That's too bad. <laughs> Another way Orwell uses narration to show that ignorance may be preferable is by showing us readers Winston's mental state through his journals and general narration. All throughout part one of 1984, Winston is committing thought crime by writing in his journals, which is how the readers are able to catch a glimpse of his real feelings. In his journals, we constantly witness Winston getting increasingly agitated, scared, and very upset. Winston is highly aware that his criticizing thoughts of the government are dangerous and that he will inevitably be caught by the thought police. Here's a quote from his journal, page 19, that shows us a glimpse into Winston's mental state. They'll shoot me, I don't care. They'll shoot me in the back of the neck. I don't care, down with big brother. This journal entry shows us that Winston is not only unhappy with the way his life is, but also terrified because he knows it's going to end. He's more than intelligent enough to realize that his actions, one day or another, will be caught, and that randomly, in the middle of the night, he'll be taken by the thought police and into the Ministry of Love. This is an incredibly hard burden to carry. Imagine knowing that you will always be watched until you inevitably mess up, get caught, and get brutally tortured before you die, disappearing from history altogether. Orwell used Winston's narration, both through his journal entries and his general narration, to show us that Winston's intelligence is a cause of his unhappiness, and that ignorance may be the only way to mentally survive this dystopian society. Tans, I think if you wrote a journal, your mental state would be pretty crazy too, huh? Glad we agreed. Orwell also used the juxtaposition of characters to show that ignorance may be the only way to stay happy in the society. Winston's next-door neighbors is the Parsons family, who have a lifestyle that vast, vastly contrasts with Winston's own lifestyle. The Parsons are a family with a husband, wife, and two children, and they seem to be living a much happier life than Winston is. For example, take this description from Winston of Mr. Parsons on page 22. Parsons was Winston's fellow employee at the Ministry of Truth. He was a faddish but active man of paralyzing stupidity, a mass of imbecile enthusiasms, one of those completely unquestioning, devoted drudges on whom, more than even the thought police, the stability of the party depended. He continues on to say, but on the other hand, he was a leading figure of the sports committee and all other committees engaged in organizing community hikes, spontaneous demonstrations, saving campaigns, and voluntary activities in general. Miss, Mr. Parsons was an ignorant man. Sound familiar, Tansy? Hey. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. 
Anyways, Mr. Parsons is the type of person who would believe anything the party would tell him, and he truly believed that Big Brother was this great, all-powerful savior. Because of this ignorance, he is able to make peace with his life and accept all the bad conditions they live in. He actively takes part in his society because he loves it, and he takes pride in organizing all these activities he thinks are fun and beneficial. Compared to Winston's life, which is incredibly depressing, Mr. Parsons has taken on the the meaning ignorance is bliss and has been able to form a stable healthy lifestyle in this oppressive society by simply accepting it rather than wanting it to change mr parsons is a generally happy guy and the juxtaposition between this huge contrast in lifestyle where winston is highly depressed and parsons is a champion of happiness really shows the readers that ignorance can give people the strength they need to live in the society the juxtaposition of Winston and the Parson kids also show the value of ignorance in a society like this. In the novel, the Parson children were pretending to be spies for the government, taking down thought criminals and saving Big Brother, which is on pages 22 to 23. There is a huge difference in the way that Winston has grown up versus the children, where Winston possesses the ability to instinctually remember a time where life had been better whereas these children have grown up surrounded by Big Brother and the party's propaganda. They don't know any better like Winston does, and they have been born and raised ignorant so that they may never see how horrible their society truly is even when they become adults. They will live blissful, happy lives as loyal members of the party, and they won't end up like Winston, who is always thinking about the past and how the party has ruined life as they know it. This is how Orwell brilliantly brilliantly uses juxtaposition of characters to show that ignorance gives these characters the strength they the strength they need to get through their oppressive society. Do you think you'd be a Winston or a Mr. Parsons in the society, Tans? I think you'd be a Mr. Parsons. A Mr. Parsons who complains about peanut rationing. Now, we can't talk about part one without talking about the introduction to the extravagant new speak language. This is another incredible feat by Orwell to truly describe to us that ignorance may be vital for the survival of humanity in this horrible society. Newspeak is a language that sounds a lot like Tansy when she speaks, doesn't it, Tans? That was a poop, Tans. Now that we've heard Tansy's opinion on Newspeak, I will continue describing the language. So it's a language where they're actively eliminating words that have a bad connotation in them, as well as words that the government deems useless. For example, words like excellent, bad, and horrible are replaced by words like double plus good, ungood, and double plus ungood. This makes it so that when the government or even people criticizing the government say something is bad, it still has the sound of a good thing. I mean, how bad could a double ungood thing be, right? It doesn't give that same feeling the way horrible or terrible does. One of Winston's friends, Syme, is responsible for the creation of new words in the language of Newspeak. He describes the use of Newspeak the best on page 53. Even the slogans will change. How can you have a slogan like freedom of slavery when the concept of freedom has been abolished? The whole climate of thought will be different. In fact, there will be no thought as we understand it now. Orthodoxy means not thinking, not needing to think. Orthodoxy is unconsciousness. The Newspeak language is obviously meant to eliminate thought and to encourage ignorance to its highest degree. 
By actively deleting words, not only will people not be able to voice their thoughts of dissent properly, but they won't even understand the concepts of things like free speech or propaganda or lies or even revolution. The Newspeak language perpetuates ignorance and makes it almost impossible to be able to think consciously at all by taking away every word one would use to voice their thoughts. As others around Winston, including Winston himself, continue to use Newspeak and make it the official language of Oceania, they are essentially giving up their freedom of thought and expression. People like Winston hope that eliminating bad-sounding words like slavery or terrible will make it so that those feelings and sufferings would go away. And really, can you blame them? People like Mr. Parsons, who are already naturally ignorant, are living decently happy lives because they have no knowledge of anything being better, whereas people like Winston are scared for their lives every day, incredibly depressed without being able to change anything about it. It would make sense that even the intelligent people don't have many qualms of, about Newspeak, because by propagating ignorance for all, they hope that it will spread blissful happiness for the rest of Oceania. This is how Orwell uses the idea of Newspeak to show that ignorance is strength, and perhaps the only way to survive this dystopia. Of course, one can always make the argument that ignorance is detrimental to a society like this, because ignorance makes sure that nothing will ever change or get better for the people suffering in the society. However, Winston greatly portrays just how difficult change would be in a world like this, where people are constantly being killed off before they can even get to publicly voice their dissent of the government and where the government erases any proof of its wrongdoings through the Ministry of Truth. Not only will you most likely be dead before being able to try and spark a change in the world, because you are always being watched, but even if you do try to convince others to revolt, there will be no physical proof to anything you'd say, and it would be difficult to even convince one person that what you're saying is the truth. In this dystopian society, change is almost impossible. Children are being brainwashed by birth, and the only people who realize how dire their situation is are the elder generation that is slowly dying off through the ministry of truth or old age. In a hopeless world, it seems that Orwell is trying to show us that ignorance may be better for all by showing us through narration how depressing the intelligent can get, how happy the ignorant have become when compared to the intelligent, and how even the intelligent are willing to give up their freedom of thought through Newspeak in hopes of a better and happier world. Maybe we will be wrong for thinking that ignorance was truly strength, but maybe we're right. After all, this is only part one of the novel, and we still have yet to see Winston change his world for the better or worse. However, it's undeniable that Orwell wants his readers to question whether ignorance is truly a strength or a weakness. What do you think, Tinsy? Do you think you'd want to remain intelligent in an Orwellian society? Wow. Thanks for your input, Tans. I'm glad we had you around for the show. Your additions to the conversation were double plus good. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you in another edition of Birds and Books, where I show my illiterate birds all they can gain out of reading.